Auckland's Deputy Mayor says more pipeline issues are expected in Parnell because of the intense wet weather. This follows the massive sinkhole that opened up in the suburb two days ago that's forced the closure of several beaches. On Wednesday, a sewer line below a private property on St George's Bay Road collapsed, causing a tennis court-sized hole to open up, 13 metres deep, with wastewater overflow pouring into the harbour. It's expected to be 10 days before the sewage flow can be stopped. This is the third such collapse affecting water pipes in Auckland in recent months. To understand the disruption this is causing local businesses, we'll speak with the Parnell Business Association. But first, with the latest on the state of the Parnell sinkhole, the solutions that they're working on, we welcome Mark Byrne, who's Chief Operating, uh, Chief Operating Officer at Watercare. Thanks, Mark, for making time for us. Good morning. Uh, good, good morning, kia ora. So where is work at today on this massive sinkhole? Yeah, we've uh, continued work overnight. So we're working uh, around the clock resolving it. And our single-minded focus is, in the first instance, obviously safety of the public and safety of our, our worker crews and also the protection for the environment. And the best thing we can do to protect the environment is to unblock the sewer and get it returned to normal service. So we made really good progress overnight. We've uh, doubled the amount of debris that we removed uh, last night compared to the prior 24-hour period. So we are making good progress. However, this is uh, the largest blockage we've ever had to deal with. It's in a very, very challenging location. And as you pointed out, it's a very, very deep sewer, some 13 metres deep below the surface. How are you getting that debris? It's collapsed debris, is it? Just explain more. And then how are you getting it out? Yeah, so, so what, 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 what has happened, there's a, a, a turmoil has been created and effectively what that is is a, a sinkhole and that sinkhole rapidly uh, increased in size and volume and as it increased in size and volume, further debris that was uh, above the pipeline literally crashed into the roof of the pipeline causing the pipeline failure to enlarge. So the debris we're dealing with is fine sands and grit, grits and gravels and relatively that's easy for us to pull out but what we're also having to deal with is large boulders and some of those large boulders are you know, the size of a of a dining room chair incredibly heavy and um and, and going to be incredibly challenging to to get out of the sewer so because we realize that it it may well take us some time to fully unblock the sewer we're proceeding on a second front which is building what we think is likely new zealand's largest bypass, emergency bypass of a sewer. So what that involves is laying some 400 kilometres of large diameter pipeline and the construction of a, of a pump and we'll literally pump the sewage from one side of the blockage around to the other side. Four, what, what, how many kilometres? Uh, 400 metres. 400 metres, goodness, forgive me. Okay, 400 metres. Uh how sophisticated is that bypass and how long does it take to build? So we've set ourselves a very ambitious target. Uh, we're planning to have that operational within 10 days. How realistic is that, Mark? Well, we'll be working uh, around the clock on it. We've, got, uh, we've secured the, the, um, the pumps. We've secured the generators that will operate the pumps. We've secured uh, uh, two-thirds of the pipeline and we have the balance of the pipeline being manufactured over the weekend and uh, pipe laying is programmed to start on Monday. Over the weekend, we'll be finalising uh, the design, 
we've got a couple of routes that we are working our way through and we'll be selecting the most appropriate route for that. 400 metres is not a, a short distance. I, I think Wellington Water ended up doing something similar in the CBD here over a short distance. So literally what will people see? Um, this pipe, the, the work will be a, a temporary solution. Much of it will be shallow buried as much as we possibly can. Uh, uh, it will be invasive work though and we will, there will be disruption to the community and for that we will be sorry and we will apologise for. But uh, um, you know, what we're trying to do is prevent this ongoing environmental uh, um, impacts of this very large an ongoing wastewater overflow to the harbour. Closed beaches and visible sewage is what we heard this morning from your, from your Deputy Mayor. So, so again, you've got two routes you're looking at, but will there be at least uh, either the road dug up and a, and a shallow burial, or will there actually be some pipe uh, visible? And if so, is this going to be in suburban streets, in, 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 in a shopping street? Just just prepare people for what's going to happen. Yes, so, so as much as we can, we will, it will be shallow buried, but there will be above-ground structures. So the, the um, uh, um, uh, pump station itself and the, and the power generator that will operate that will be in some form of container above the ground. There will be uh, uh, pipelines above the ground where we're drawing water out of the sewage system. Um, but as much as we can, yeah, we, we have to work within our community. So, so the last thing we want to do is annoy everybody. So we'll be working with people as best we can. Okay, so I think you, we do have to realise that this is an unprecedented situation. If you can't achieve this within 10 days, what's the significance of the 10 days? Would you then need to pump sewage out of more outlets? Yes. So what we're, what we're seeing is that at present we have two overflow locations where raw sewage is entering into the Waitamata Harbour. Um, and, and as time goes on, particularly if we see large amounts of rainfall, there is the potential for the number of those overflow locations to increase. Are there two so, at the so moment? Two, yeah, two, 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 two that we're aware of at the moment. That's correct. We're doing, uh, we're monitor, monitoring. Uh, we're doing another uh, uh, run through the uh, harbour front this morning. The two locations are, are, are you know, relatively very good location, so they're isolated uh, uh, from the community uh, uh, as best we can. What causes this sort of sinkhole? Because we were hearing again from yeah. the Deputy Mayor this morning concerns that another one might open. What? What? Obviously it's heavy rain, OK? We, we get that and, and uh, condolences to, to you and to everyone dealing with this now for a year, basically. But but what's, what are the dynamics that cause a sinkhole? Sure. If we go back to uh, the start of this year, and it has been a, a year of weather. Um, so first of all, in Auckland, the anniversary weekend, and then the uh, following cyclone, Gabriel. We've had 192 directly storm-related failures across the, the, the system. Some of those failures were related to land movement, where the land has washed away and washed away a pipeline. But we've also had somewhere between 25 and 30 tomos develop around the region as a result of those rainfall events. And in the Parnell area, there's two others in the, in the Parnell area, both of them on significantly smaller diameter pipelines, and, and we've been able to resolve those issues very, very quickly with very minimal uh, customer and community intervention. So, uh, so rain, heavy wet ground, weight heavy and wet. pressure, but is it the fact that there is some kind of a void where the underground infrastructure has gone that is a factor in this collapse. 
Yes, certainly the presence of the underground infrastructure is a factor. By putting the underground infrastructure there, the soils and surrounding uh, earth has been disturbed. And so what happens is the uh, moisture, the, the water uh, passing through the soils, the, it, it moves and it migrates, moves soils with it, and that's what creates the void. So not all of those uh, uh, 20 or 30 tomoes that I mentioned have any, there is uh, not necessarily a corresponding damage to the underground infrastructure. It could just be the movement of water through the soils creates the void, then the void collapses. We dig up hole to have a look and repair, no impact on... Yeah. on the the reason itself. it's relevant, of course, is that there's a lot of infrastructure and uh, the sinkholes are a, a disturbance to people in the first instance, but second risk impacting the infrastructure as they have dramatically here. What, what are the other areas you have concerns about, and specifically in Parnell, as the, uh, the Deputy Mayor mentioned again this morning? Yes, so we have uh, a, a similar uh, uh, collapsed or damaged sewer uh, in uh, Judges Bay, and we've taken a similar approach there where we've uh, bypassed pumped around the collapsed site. In that instance, the size of the pipe and the size of the pump is significantly smaller. We're talking sort of 150 millimeter diameter pipeline, whereas what we're talking about for this particular job is something significantly larger than that. Uh, um, the other one, we also have uh, uh, a overland uh, pump. It's just a 100 millimeter diameter pipe, so we're a much smaller infrastructure, much more nimble, much quicker to install, and then we can affect the permanent repairs. And so where are these? This isn't the College Hill one or the Princess Street one that you're referring to? No, so the Princess Street one uh, on a relative scale was relatively small. That was also above a wastewater pipeline. In Otahuhu, yep, and College Hill? And College Hill was actually above a stormwater line, so similar sort of, similar fault, but above a stormwater line rather than a wastewater line. Does this relate at all to ageing infrastructure and and Water Care's upgrade programme? In other words, if there has been an upgrade... Could this still happen? Is it irrelevant whether or not the pipes are upgraded? Yeah, I, I think my comment would be in two parts. Age by itself doesn't necessarily relate to condition. I've seen sewer pipes that are 30 years old that are in incredibly poor condition and about to collapse. Equally, I've seen sewer pipes over 100 years old that look pristine. And in this particular case... Um, this pipeline is 110 years old. It's part of Auckland's original sewerage system. But because it's so aged, we have an uh, ongoing surveillance program. Okay. So the last time this asset was checked in this precise location was 2019, and it was in good condition. So the relevance is that if there is a sinkhole, uh, the, the resilience of the infrastructure, that's where there's a connection to condition of infrastructure. Yeah, I think resilience comes in many forms and um, uh, uh, with a wastewater system, uh, unfortunately you don't have the resilience like you have in a water system which is very much a network and because it's under pressure you can divert flows around from different directions. Wastewater, like stormwater, just flows in one direction, generally under gravity. So the resilience is through uh, uh, how you manage the effects of the overflow. And In this instance, I I think we're demonstrating a high degree of resilience because the pipeline is blocked and whilst uh, it is overflowing and it has to overflow, that overflow 
isn't passing through people's private property. No, it's not, but it's going out to the beaches. It's visible. It's causing causing beach closures and, and obviously uh, environmental impacts. I don't need to tell you this. You acknowledged it at the start. So I guess our final question is, um, well, two final questions. Will there be more of this? And will there, is there therefore a risk of more beach closures coming from this particular source of failure? Yeah, and that's exactly why our single-minded focus 24 hours a day is spent on unblocking the sewer or bypassing the sewer to prevent ongoing environmental uh, impact. What's the cost of even this particular project, let alone uh, additional costs coming as, as, as part of these weather-related tests? on Auckland's infrastructure as it stands. What's the bill going to be for this? Yes, yeah, so, so I mentioned before about the 198 uh, wider failures across the, the network that are directly storm-related, and those costs are mounting into the into the millions of dollars, many millions of dollars. Mark, uh, thank you. Uh, that is Mark Bowen. He is Chief Operating Officer at Watercare, so their aim at the moment, as you heard, is uh, 10 days to get a bypass up and running, a temporary bypass up and running. If not, there is the risk that uh, sewage will uh, come out of more outlets, currently two, that they are aware of. Let's bring Cheryl and Adamson in now. She is... Um, General Manager of the Parnell Business Association. Cheryl, good morning. Morning, Catherine. Well, we've been listening to the technical stuff. This is very distressing for all Aucklanders when their beaches are impacted again, but you and your community particularly impacted in Parnell. How so, please? Yes, well, <laughs> it's a kind of a multifaceted answer. In terms of the immediate site of the excavation right now, Fortunately, that's quite minimal because it's located in a car parking area on a commercial property, and they have managed to secure access for the businesses in and out of that property. But the property is situated just before a cul-de-sac, and what does really um, concern me is the comments yesterday and the update yesterday from Watercare where they said they believe it's unlikely that they can do continue to clear the blockage without major excavation. So at this point in time, I do not have any clarity of exactly what that means in terms of the size of area and the encroachment on adjacent sites. So I'd really like some clarity on that. And then listening to Mark um, and also the update from yesterday, they're talking about the 400-metre pipe that's going to pump the wastewater between manholes. So those clearly are going to be located in Parnell. But again, I haven't been briefed as to exactly where they're going to be located. And I need to be briefed as soon as possible so I can warn my businesses because I don't have any oversight of what is going to be shut off or affected. So the fear is that that excavation um, may have considerable impacts, particularly potentially on physical properties. Is, is the current site that close to business properties? Um, it is quite close to business properties, um, as I said, commercial properties right now, but it's really quite close to a road. So um, if it expands much more, it will encroach on other properties and a road. It's just fortunate where where it actually started, but we have no idea where it might extend to. Um in terms of the overland solution, temporary solution, the 400 metre one, have you been given, uh, obviously they're considering two routes, but 
are, are either of those routes going to impact again on local businesses? Again, I have no clarity of that, and that's what really concerns me. This was decided yesterday, so I'm guessing I will get briefed today. But 400 metres between manholes is definitely going to be within the business area of Lois and George's Bay Road, um, where there are cafes and several businesses. And I need to really clearly understand where these sites are going to be. Okay, Cheryl, we're just, Mark is uh, going to come back and uh, see if we can address those questions for you now. How much briefing are you getting from Watercare? They're obviously very busy at the moment. We've, we've, um, we've, we've heard about the urgency with which they're trying to construct uh, the temporary solution, but are you getting good communication? Yes, we are getting good communication. I mean, it is obviously something that's happening, you know, literally as a, overnight and as it happens. So I am anticipating another update this morning. But businesses in the area are really concerned. And, you know, we've had major concerns about our ageing infrastructure. That's both stormwater and wastewater. It was really exposed during the January floods of this year. Okay. Um, Thank you, Cheryl. Let's put those questions to him. Your first question was about what the longer-term solution might mean in terms of that sinkhole and excavation. Just you, you put, put, put it in your words, please, and we'll get Mark to answer. So, Mark, I'm interested in understanding um, what your words major excavation mean in terms of what the size of that excavation site could be and if it's going to encroach on other adjacent sites and into the road. As you can imagine, it's very much an evolving situation at at, at present. So we're doing as much work as we can uh, uh, below the ground without having to extend the excavation uh, beyond the current site. There is the possibility, though, uh, that some of that very large rocks and other debris that's cascaded into the hole, we aren't able to extract through our existing manholes. What that might mean is we have to open up the top of the pipe. And what that might that may mean is we have to uh, undertake an excavation larger than the, mm. the extent of the turmoil that exists today. Would that impact potentially, given the location of the site you need to access, would that would that impact surrounding properties? It, clearly, we'd be looking to minimise the impact as much as possible because you know, the larger the hole, the more expensive it's going to be. And clearly, we want to try and minimise cost and minimise the wider environmental and community impacts as much as possible. What was the second question, Cheryl? The second question, um, Mark, was to do with the pumping, um, the bypass solution and pumping between manholes. Now, you've mentioned 400 metres, and I don't have clarity on where the pipe is going to go and the site that it is going to go from and to in Parnell. Yeah, we're, we're actually working up those uh, concept designs at the moment. We're not in a position to be able to uh, share those with you, but as soon as we've got uh, um, those routes to a degree of uh, um, not so much finalisation, but perhaps optimisation might be a better word. The things that we need to take into account is identification of all the underground services. You know, we're aware there's underground power, underground grass, underground water and our own underground wastewater services that we're going to have to quite literally dodge this pipe around. So once we've been able to get those routes uh, to, a, to a greater length of, of clarity, then we can share that information. When will that be, please? When will that clarity come for businesses? Uh, we're working on that over the weekend. Okay. Thank you both. Thanks very much, Cheryl, for your contribution to Mark Boone there of Watercare.